Well, the last time that Derek Carr got an up-close-and-personal look at running back Alvin Kamara, Kamara was busy scoring three touchdowns against Las Vegas Raiders defense, and now Derek Carr is just happy they're on the same team. We got all that and a little bit of lanyard for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you ever want to keep the conversation going with me one-on-one, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints as always i am your host ross jackson at ross jackson nola on twitter your new orleans saints expert credential member of the media senior writer and reporter over at saints news network sports illustrated's fan nation site covering your beloved new orleans saints and of course you can find me every single tuesday on locked on nfl and here with you every single monday through friday and then some on the locked on saints podcast. We're coming at you a little bit earlier than usual, trying to publish these the night before uh, so that you're getting the most recent up-to-date information around mini camps, especially while I'm out of town and can't do live shows because hotel Wi-Fi is terrible. Uh, but on today's episode, we're going to get you caught up with everything from day one of mini camps, or at least the biggest stories to get you all ready for everything you need to know. We're going to get you the update on Rashid Shahid, wide receiver Rashid Shahid, who missed OTAs, is not expected to participate in mini camps, but why you shouldn't be concerned about that injury. We're also going to take a look at offset language, something that we promised for our midweek fundamentals today. We're also going to take a look too at Taysom Hill and his Roll with the New Orleans Saints clearing up, and it doesn't look all too unfamiliar. But first, Derek Carr already impressed by Alvin Kamara. Derek Carr and Alvin Kamara finally got the opportunity to uh, work on the field together. Carr said in his post-practice press conference that they had been doing a lot of conversation. They had been talking to one another a bunch, but this was the first time they really got on the field together. And I got to tell you, Derek Carr was massively impressed with what he was able to see from Alvin Kamara. Now, we all know there's a whole bunch of question marks around Alvin Kamara and kind of what his availability might be in 2023 and all that. We're not going to get any clarity on that anytime soon, or at least for another about month and a half. July 31st is where his uh, current trial date is set for the alleged altercation that he had uh, around the Pro Bowl about a year ago or a little bit over a year ago now. Um, in Las Vegas. So we don't have to worry about that at the moment. All that we can focus on is how good is this pairing right now? And we've we've mentioned a lot about how the car communication is. And a big shout out to James Gordon, Jim Gordon for this one. Crystallizing, that was the word I was looking for in yesterday's episode. If you missed that, I had a lot of trouble finding that word yesterday. But crystallizing uh, between Carr and Chris Olave, between Derek Carr and Michael Thomas, who was present, by the way, was uh, working, was working with the quarterbacks, Derek Carr, Jake Hayner, and of course, Jameis Winston. And so a a lot of the same things that you saw from OTAs, that last week of OTAs, you saw uh, from Michael Thomas at the first day of minicamps. But the new piece for Derek Carr outside of the offensive line being there, or most of the offensive line being there, was Alvin Kamara. And Alvin Kamara is going to be a key performer for the New Orleans Saints in 2023. I know, groundbreaking observation there, Ross, but 
when you take into consideration sort of the drop in targets that we have seen from Alvin Kamara over the course of the past couple of seasons. He's hovered around 3.6 to 3.8 receptions per game over the course of the past couple of years with Derek Carr, excuse me, with Drew Brees in the past around five and a half catches per game. So saw a lot more of the targets in the receiving game with Drew Brees as opposed to over the course of the past couple of years with Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, uh, Ian Book, Taysom Hill, you know, all the other, Dandy Dalton, all those quarterbacks. But it's not just about the quarterback. It's also about Alvin Kamara and his role. Remember, Alvin Kamara was a little bit more of a bell cow back for the past couple of years because he didn't really have that big back that was able to compliment him like they did with Mark Ingram, 2017-2018, Latavius Murray, V.1 v. Uh, with the New Orleans Saints, 2019-2020. And so now they have that guy in Jamal Williams, and Jamal Williams is also super excited about getting to work with Alvin Kamara and everything as well, um, making some you know funny remarks in his locker room conversation with New Orleans media about how good Alvin Kamara looks out there while he's like red and puffy and like, you know, exhausted and working and all of this stuff. But hey, look, you don't have to be pretty while you're playing football. You just have to play football prettily. And as long as you're doing that, you're winning games. And so I think that that's one of the things that you're looking at when it comes to the Alvin Kamara, Derek Carr equation of it all is that you're getting a look now at how those two can start to build chemistry. Now, look, is Alvin Kamara going to miss time in 2023? We'll see. We'll find out. We don't have to worry about that right now, like I mentioned. But when he's on the field for however many games that might be with Derek Carr, he has to be a factor. And he has to be a factor in the way that he was a factor against Derek Carr last year when he scored three touchdowns. Uh, up against that Las Vegas Raiders defense. And that impact comes down to play calling, coaching, all of those other things too. You, we can't get to the point in you know December where the Saints were last year, where they talk about we have to find more creative ways, quote, to use Alvin Kamara. That's too late in the season. So getting to start to build all of that this year uh, during mini camps, throughout training camp, that's going to be massively important. The other thing to consider is that not only did Alvin Kamara's targets and receptions go down, over the course of the past couple of years, but simply the amount of passing snaps in which he was running routes went down as a whole. You look at the receiving snaps as per uh, pro football focus, and you're looking in the 300s, three high 300s, 389, 374, 396 from 2020 or from 2018 through 2020, 343 his rookie season. But then that comes down into the 200s, 271, 295 in the last year. So you're seeing a big drop of three, four, five, six percent, depending upon which years you're trying to compare in those ranges. And so you're looking at a loss of usage when it comes to Alvin Kamara over the course of the past couple of years beyond just who the quarterback was and things like that. It's just his usage had to change. And so now not only is the chemistry building between Derek Carr as well as Alvin Kamara imperative, the addition of Jamal Williams becomes even more important in that role as well. Jamal Williams' presence makes Alvin Kamara more available to do all the things that makes Alvin Kamara Alvin Kamara. And you can head over to like the New Orleans.football uh, NOF uh, Twitter account and you can see a couple of highlights of Alvin Kamara running drills. The New Orleans Saints posted a video of Derek Carr connecting with Alvin Kamara on one of those patented option routes that they love to run with him out of the backfield. And by the way, an option route is a situation to where you're running a route from out of the backfield, usually kind of curving up into the middle of the field. But then depending upon what the leverage of the defender is, you might break to the outside, headed toward the sideline, or you might continue your break towards the middle 
of the field. So you have somebody like Alvin Kamara, who just like we've spoken about in the past, like Michael Thomas and Marcus Colson, that is just as valuable in terms of what they're doing mentally and how they're reading the defense post-snap than it is about what they're doing mentally and how they're reading the defense pre-snap. And that's another one of those reasons why uh, Derek Carr becomes a little bit, well, it's one of the reasons why Drew Brees was so successful because he saw the field the same way. But one of the reasons why Derek Carr getting to build all of this chemistry, getting all of this stuff started now is so important so that he gets to the point to where he's feel he's reading the field the same way. And one of the things that he mentioned in his post-practice presser as well uh, was that he's been studying a lot of Drew Brees tape, trying to figure out why Drew made the decisions that he made on certain passes and making different decisions in terms of where he's going with the ball and trying to understand that mentality so that he can run the New Orleans Saints offense like the New Orleans Saints offense was architected or built to be able to run. That's the entire point. So it's great to sort of see Derek Carr continuing to shoulder or not even shoulder, let's say shelve that sort of ego, right? And then go with the humility of, hey, there was a guy before me that ran this offense really, really well. What can I learn? And not only did that guy run the offense really, really well, we're not talking 10, 15 years removed from that. We're talking a couple of years removed from that. So some of the guys that he ran this offense well with, Derek Carr still has on the team, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, case in point. So uh, that's a huge, huge piece for the New Orleans Saints. And it's great to see that getting underway and going as well as it's going so far as minicamp kicked off on Tuesday, today, tomorrow, or yesterday, depending upon when you're li- listening to this or watching this. Um, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, not the only overlap in terms of weapons between Drew Brees and Derek Carr. Taysom Hill is one of those guys too. So what does Taysom Hill's role look like now that we've finally gotten to see him out at minicamp? Well, not much is different. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. And of course, right here on the Locked on Podcast Network as well. And I got to tell you, they're that Good. And it's even better for you if you are a first time user of FanDuel because you're going to be able to get a no sweat first bet of up to $2,500 in bonus bets. It's bonus bets that come back to you if your first bet doesn't win, meaning that there's no losing when it comes to your first ever bet with FanDuel. So you're going to go and check them out today at fanduel.com slash locked on. And I'm going to make it known right now, FanDuel, here's what I need from you. And here's what we all need to ask for. I need FanDuel odds on who's going to get the most. Jello shots down. What team's fan base is going to be able to get it done over at the College World Series? I have LSU as heavy favorites, as does the rest of the world. What do you think? And what do you think, FanDuel? We need those odds. You want to get in on the things that they do have, though? You can find a bunch over at FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel. Make every moment more an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you, as always, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Appreciate all the everydayers for being here as we are rolling on and keep you updated on everything that's going on with the first day of Minicamps. I mentioned I was going to be joined by somebody. That might still happen. You might get a bonus episode ahead of Minicamp tomorrow, but it doesn't feel like waiting anymore. I did this for years without ever being in the building and all that other stuff. I'm not changed. I'm still the same person. I can do this stuff whether I see it in person or not. So I figured, why wait? Why wait? Get it to the people. Get it to the people they want it. I'm here for you. I'm not here for me. Dang it. Although I do love this job. So thank you very much for everything that has allowed me to do this. So um, 
Taysom Hill's role is majority unchanged, and they've been telling us that forever, and we mostly believed it, but you know, it's always a wait and see kind of thing when it comes to like how these teams are going to utilize some of their biggest playmakers, and Taysom Hill's one of those guys. He is one of the biggest playmakers, and being able to see him out in minicamp because the Saints did indeed have what I would call, in quotes, 100% attendance. The only folks that weren't really around were Rashid Shahid, but he was in the locker room after practice. I'll, we'll, we'll discuss that here in a little bit. Uh, Anthony Johnson wasn't around. He's a defensive back that the Saints signed this offseason. He was somebody that we knew might miss a little bit of time. He walked off with trainers during the Tuesday practice at OTAs, but then was in the locker room later on in the day, but wasn't out there uh, for this afternoon. And then um, outside of that, basically everybody was present with a few exceptions. Cesar Ruiz was in the building, but not out on the field. And you had some guys like Nick Saldaveri, Cesar Ruiz, of course, Trevor Penning and others that didn't participate, but were present. But Ryan Ramchek was out there. Alvin Kamara was out there. Marshawn Lattimore was out there. Got a PBU on the first play of seven on seven. So you know that he's already raring to go. Uh, And for New Orleans, you also got Taysom Hill back out there and his role. Well, he spent some time with tight ends. He also spent some time throwing as a quarterback, and that's not surprising. And if you've listened to Derek Carr talk about Taysom Hill in the past, one of the things that he's mentioned is, well, I can't wait for Taysom Hill to throw me a touchdown. That's kind of the way that Derek Carr looks at it. Listen, we just talked about Derek Carr shelving uh, ego. Here's another example. He's not distraught by the idea of having, um, you know, be having, you know, coming off the field and having Taysom Hill come on the field at quarterback, which hasn't really happened yet. Taysom was taking those couple of snaps with the third team during, I believe it was seven on sevens, if I understood correctly. Uh, So it wasn't like a huge disruption to Derek Carr's development. It wasn't something that kept Derek Carr off the field or that, you know, messed up some of the communication or anything like that. Like it sacrificed nothing for Derek Carr. It sacrificed something for Jake Hayner, who would usually take those, you know, third team snaps. But look, the Saints are going to be seeing more of Taysom Hill in 2023, barring injury, than they're going to see Jameis Winston or Jay Kaner in 2023 at quarterback. And that's just the facts because the Saints will take Derek Carr off the field in a short yarded situation so that they maintain that RPO, that read option, that uh, QB power, that QB run part of their playbook. They're not going to all of a sudden abandon that for no reason. It's one of the most automatic pieces that they have in their offense when they need to get their offense going. You look back at week one last year, I know that we all talk about the the Seattle Seahawks game and we talk about the big moments that he had against the uh, Cleveland Browns last year in the 2022 season, but look all the way back to the 2022 home or away opener, the season opener against the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints came out flat in their first few drives, except for when you get when Taysom Hill ran away for two big runs, I believe it was on the second or third drive, of, of, of the game. And then that is what kept them in kind of reach when it came to that big fourth quarter comeback that Jameis Winston led. So Taysom was just as much a part of the success of that game as Jameis. Well, I don't want to say as much, but was just as much a part of keeping them in in there with the early score so that Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave could go and do what they did. And, and Juwan Johnson could go what they do and and do what they did at the end of that game. I don't want to give Taysom too much credit, but he was a big part of it early. And so I think that when we look at Taysom Hill, there's always sort of this game that people like to play of, well, isn't that going to make X player mad? Isn't that going to make Foster Moreau mad if he's lining up at tight end? No, probably not. Isn't that going to make Juwan Johnson mad? No. Isn't that going to make Derek Carton? No. It's not going to make anybody mad because you know what everybody wants to do? They want to win games. And what we have learned 
is that when Taysom Hill scores touchdowns, the Saints win games. And of course, causation, correlation, I know, I get it. I'm oversimplifying it. We're having fun. It's June. But the thing to keep in mind here is that the Saints do have a little bit of a correlation in terms of their team's success when Taysom Hill is balling. And so let them ball. Let them cook, right? Russell Wilson can't cook anymore. Taysom Hill's the chef. Let him do his thing. And so the way that I sort of break everything down in terms of the look at what Taysom Hill is going to be to the New Orleans Saints is that he's going to be Taysom Hill. He's going to play special teams. In fact, he did that today. He's going to line up with the tight ends. In fact, he did that today. And he's going to take snaps at quarterback, whether people like it or not. And he did that today. And you know who are the only people who, you know, who are people who are not going to not like it? Anybody on that New Orleans Saints roster when the wins come in, when the scores come in, when the yardage comes in, when the, when the drive extends, all of those things. Ain't nobody in New Orleans on that roster going to be mad because Taysom Hill's getting some quarterback snaps. It ain't happening. So the way that I look at it for the Saints is, again, as you get in the minicamp, this is the time to lay the foundation. Upon that foundation, you then get to build your house, which is your system, your offense, your everything, right? You get to start installing things here in minicamp. And then you get to start to expand it. You add the, you know, the outdoor kitchen, you add the outdoor dining area, you add the, the lounge room, you, you, you tack on all of the, the mosquito netting or the, 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 um, what do you call it? The, yeah, the mosquito netting and windows and stuff like that in the outdoor patio. So you're not getting et up by the mosquitoes here in New Orleans or there in New Orleans. I'm not in New Orleans right now, but you, you, you get what I'm saying. Like right now is the time to lay the foundation. And then you start to expand and build onto the house all throughout training camp. Now they're laying the Taysom Hill foundation upon which they'll continue to build and expand in training camp. So good on the New Orleans Saints. They wanted 100% attendance. They basically got it. The guys that weren't out on the field, Rashid Shaheed, Cesar Ruiz, Anthony Johnson, seems that they were all at the facility. So even though they weren't guys that we saw out on the field or that were seen out on the field, they were there. So 100% attendance for the New Orleans Saints check and getting Taysom Hill Alvin Kamara, Ryan Ramchick, all these guys back out on the field for the New Orleans Saints as well. Getting to work with Derek Carr, getting all that going. Also check. And that's a big time check mark for the New Orleans Saints. Coming up next, we're going to wrap up today's show. Take a look at Rashid Shahid's injury, some of the tryout players, and keep you updated on that offset language that we keep talking about. What does that mean when we discuss Isaiah Foskey's contract? We got all that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Yes, yes, yes. Minicamp is now underway. First day of minicamp now in the book. Seems like everything went well. Uh, the only thing that was a little bit concerning was the absence of Rashid Shahid continued from the last week of OTAs going into minicamp today. Now, here's what you need to know about Rashid Shahid's injury and why you shouldn't be concerned about it. Let me tell you the concerning news first. The concerning you know, big time air quotes on that news is that he is not expected to participate in mini camps for the rest of this week. Not going to hear about him. Not going to see him. He was a star for the first week of OTAs and like any good star, he disappears during the day. He'll be back out in training camp at night, I guess is the way that we'll look at it. I don't know what I'm saying, but you get what I'm saying, right? Sometimes stars go away, but they're always come back. Um, and Rashid Tahid is that guy, but he will and is expected from his own words. He sold this to, to Taryn Walk over at, um, NOLA.com mentioned this to Nick Underhill, it sounds like, over at New Orleans at Football as well, that it's not a big deal, doesn't seem like it's a major concern, and that his expectation is that he will be out there for training camp. He's just playing it safe. It's a groin injury. And if you remember the careers of guys like Julio Jones 
If you remember the careers, I believe the early days of Chris Godwin, I think he had like groin groin issues as well. Um, and even some New Orleans Saints have have dealt with that before. Um, you don't want to push that one because that's that's one of those ones that can be pesky. You keep coming back and all that's kind of like a lower back injury. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So you don't want to push it to that grade, to that sort of severity. So this is a smart decision by Rashid Shaheed and his team. Don't make it more than it is uh, if you're Rashid Shaheed and just take the rest of the week, chillax, don't worry about it, you're good, you know the offense, you've been learning the playbook, you could still be in the classroom, he's still at the facility, he's still in the locker room, he's still in the class, in the, in the, the probably still doing weight room stuff, probably still in the, the, the film room, all that other stuff, just not going to be out on the field, and that's a smart decision by Rashid Shahid. be ready for training camp, be ready for the season, that is of the utmost importance, so, and Rashid Shahid knows what it's like to miss extensive time, remember, all the beginning of last season, he was dealing with returning from, you know, his knee injury and rehabbing from all that and stuff like that that he had in college. And then, you know, he doesn't want to go through that again. So this is a smart decision by him. Just taking it easy. Nothing to worry about here, at least at this time. Hopefully uh, it will remain that way, of course, because like we mentioned, the, the groin injuries can be a little pesky if they get too far. So hopefully they've stopped it before it gets to the point where it becomes a major concern. Okay, next thing that I wanted to update you on is a couple of tryout players, a couple of tryout players for the New Orleans Saints. Um, they had uh, a couple of centers. Well, they didn't really get a couple of centers. So Pat Elfline, they were trying to get cut to come in to visit and try out, but he was somebody that uh, wanted to wait for uh, a potential starting role and a potential starting opportunity. So he won't be there. The Saints did have another center come in per Nick Underhill on Monday's practice. So one of the things that I talked about last week was that like center was one of those spots where you'd love to see a natural center behind Eric McCoy so that Cesar Ruiz doesn't have to bounce inside to center whenever there's an injury and things like that. If ever Eric McCoy deals with another injury or needs to be spelled or whatever it might be, his helmet comes off, whatever. Uh, instead of having to shuffle around the offensive line, like the Saints usually have to do, getting a center to come in and be on the roster as the backup center who focuses solely on center would be a good thing. So good to see the Saints kind of going in that direction. We've kind of seen them start to lean there over the course of the past couple of years. Haven't ever fully gotten there though. So hopefully they'll get there this year. Uh, but the two big tryout names that you want to keep an eye out on are Lynn Bowden, Lynn Bowden Jr. as well as Kiki Cody. Now, both of these guys are wide receivers. Don't, don't worry. They were not brought in specifically because of Rashid Shahid's injury. Although Der uh, Dennis Allen, head coach, did say that their return ability is something that intrigue them. Um, Kiki Cody is somebody that has spent five years in the NFL, was drafted in the fourth round of 2018 drafts, but the first three years, the Houston Texans, last two seasons with the Indianapolis Colts, it's put up around 966 yards on 80, uh, receiving yards on 85 receptions throughout his career and four receiving touchdowns. Not eye-popping numbers, but he was a really productive collegiate wide receiver. He's been you know, he's been a contributor for every team that he has been on or on the two teams that he's been on. And so the Saints just looking to see, okay, is there something here that they might like? Similarly with Lynn Bowden Jr., who is really interesting. He was drafted in the, oh gosh, was it 2020 draft? I believe it was a 2020 draft. I'm sorry, I have that's wrong. Um, in the third round, and it was traded that exact same offseason for a fourth round pick. Raquan McMillan headed over there, the linebacker to the Miami Dolphins. And I think they sent, the Raiders sent another pick as well. So he has a little bit of, I mean, he's got like maybe a month of overlap with Derek Carr. Um, but there were a couple of things that stood out about Lynn Bowden Jr. When he was with uh, Kentucky, he was a guy that was you know, a wide receiver, but he ended up playing uh, quarterback for the second half of the, his final season in 2019 with the Kentucky Wildcats, wherein he rushed for over 1,400 yards, 1,800 total yards, 14 total touchdowns, threw three touchdowns, also three interceptions. 
but just kind of had to do a lot because of injuries with that um with that Kentucky Wildcats offense and that quarterback room. And so he's got a lot of this versatility that the New Orleans Saints obviously love. And he's an explosive player with the ball in his hand. So just something to watch out for there. I think that if one of those two guys ends up making it to training camp, that could be a little like it could be a lot of fun in terms of seeing how it all works out. Maybe they don't end up on the active roster. Maybe they do, but the Saints are in a position right now when it comes to wide receiver. And Lynn Bowden was probably somebody you could try out at running back to, but the Raiders tried that. And that was part of what started to create that separation between him and the Raiders and then led to that trade was that they wanted him to be a running back. He didn't really want to be a running back. Uh, Greg Olson, the former offensive coordinator, O-L-S-O-N, not the former tight end, but the the offensive coordinator uh, for the the Raiders back in 20, like, you know, he was there for a couple of years, uh, overlapped with Derek Carr, all that. He wanted to, he kind of compared him to a Taysom Hill role and all that stuff. So maybe that's something fun that the Saints can, you know, look at and see, okay, does this make sense? Is there a skill set here that they want to stash away and hold on to just in case they need somebody with that kind of versatility? That's Taysom Hill-esque. Lynn Bowden Jr. could be that guy. Um, there are many more updates, y'all. So I'm probably going to do an extra episode for you tomorrow morning because I love you uh, and I want you to get everything that you need. But I want to talk about this offset language real quick in Isaiah Foskey's contract. I'm going to make this super simple, super easy to understand. Basically, what offset language is, which is probably a little bit of where the the push and pull is for uh, Isaiah Foskey's new contract, his second round contract. We broke down what that contract probably looks like a couple of episodes ago. But in terms of the offset language of it all, the thing to keep in mind when it comes to offset language is that if there if if offset language is present, then it allows the team to save a little bit of money. If there is no offset language, then it doesn't save the team any money. And so basically the way that this works out is that if a player is released throughout the first four years of their contract during their rookie deal and they have guaranteed money left on the contract, if there is offset language in the contract, then that means let's say that Isaiah Foskey has $2 million guaranteed on his thir- on on his fourth year or whatever, or owed to him in his fourth year. That's not gonna be the case, but let's just use that. Um, if he goes to another team and signs a two-year contract, if there's offset language and the Saints are not on the hook for that $2 million, he gets that $2 million from the other team. And so therefore the Saints don't have to pay that $2 million. If they offer him $1 million on another contract, then the Saints would be on the hook for $1 million as opposed to $2 million. So the new contract eats into what the Saints do or don't owe. If there is no offset contract or offset language, and he's got a $2 million deal with the Saints and he gets a $5 million deal elsewhere... That's effectively $7 million for Isaiah Foskey because without that offset language present, Foskey would get $5 million from his new team, $2 million, whatever is guaranteed on that last year of that deal. Now, that's going to vary. It's going to be more about third year offset language more than it is about fourth year offset language, all that stuff because there's probably not going to be any guarantees in his fourth year of his deal. But that's the idea in terms of what it's all about. Maybe the signing bonus has a little bit to do with that as well. That could impact the fourth year. So when you hear us talk about offset language, that's all it is, right? Is managing how if if the player moves on or is released or the team moves on from the player before his rookie deal is up, how does the remaining fund, how do the remaining funds account to the New Orleans Saints versus account for his new contract? That's all. That's all that it is. Super simple. Super simple. Um, coming up, if I get you a bonus episode tomorrow, we're going to go through lineups and all that stuff. Otherwise, we will wait until Monday to do that because we'll compile all the different lineups from first and second team, all that from Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Uh, and then take a look at it when it comes to uh, like minicamp as a whole. But if nothing else, if you get a bonus episode in the morning, it'll just be more details. Probably look over on the defensive side, Jordan Howden, how the safeties did and all this other stuff. Uh, but then we'll also get you a day two minicamp recap, whether that's with somebody else or on my own as well. Either way, you're getting something. So lots of good stuff as always, keeping you up to date uh, because I don't sleep and um, I like doing this show. 
and um, and I like you guys a lot. I like you a lot. So I'm glad to be here with you. Appreciate you as always. Make it locked on Saints. Your first listen of the day every day. See you tomorrow, uh, one way or another on Wednesday. Uh, thanks as always. Make it locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi, whether it's in New Orleans or not. Uh, and if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know what the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.